buzzword in all these readings kind of seems to be greed. You know, the first reading, this guy in the book of Ecclesiastes, he's got all these, these goods, and he's worried that when he dies, he's not going to be able to keep them. He's going to go to the next guy, and that kind of caused him a lot of stress. It caused him anxiety. We have the second reading where St. Paul is telling us to seek the things that are above, not those of earth. To seek, seek the things that are of heaven instead of stuff that's in this material world. And in the, the gospel, we see these two brothers who are arguing over the inheritance, and Jesus just warns them against the dangers of greed. Then he, to get the point across, he tells this parable about this man who has so many things that he keeps building bigger and bigger and bigger barns just so that he can keep hoarding all this stuff that he has. And he kind of lives this life of indulgence, right? He says, rest, eat, drink, be merry. That's the purpose of his life. That's kind of that's what he's aiming for. Then it ends with, with God coming and demanding his life from him. He says, you're going to die tonight. All this stuff that you've, you've worked for, all this stuff that you've rooted your life in, where is that now? It's kind of a sobering moment, like a sobering wake-up call, where to, we can ask ourselves, where am I, so to speak, building my barns? Where am I rooting my life? And that can lead to this talk about the truth of riches and materialism and always needing the best or the newest or the biggest thing about letting our stuff, letting our possessions own us instead of us actually owning our possessions, letting our life kind of be dictated by trying to, to get this newest thing, by worrying about all the things that we have, spending our time thinking about it, and thinking about how much time we spend just like browsing on Amazon or Walmart or whatever it is, even if we're not trying to buy anything, just kind of filling our mind with these material goods. And I think materialism, though, isn't, isn't the heart of the answer. I think this this issue of greed is kind of an effect of the real problem, of the real issue to talk about, which is, where, where are our loves? What is the thing or the person that we love? That's the question that Jesus is kind of putting before us today. That answer to that question is revealed in our lives now just by the concrete realities of, of how we live. Right? Love isn't just a feeling, but it's, how it's, it's shown by our actions, by our thoughts, by our words. Our loves are revealed very concretely, for example, by what do we spend our time thinking about? Today, where have our thoughts wandered? Where have our thoughts led us? What are the things we've talked about? What, where, what kind of conversations have we had even today? A concrete thing is like, what does my credit card or bank account look like? The things we spend our money on kind of tend to reveal the things that we hold to be important. Jesus is calling us to stop and reflect on these, this question of, of what do we love? Where, where's the, the, the heart and the root of my life? Because it's an important question. Because when it comes down to it, we become the thing that we love the most. The priest, Father Pedro Arupe, he has this quote about, about the effect that love has on us. He says that what you're in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning. It decides what you do with your evenings. It decides how you spend your weekends. It decides what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart, what amazes you with joy and with gratitude. St. Clair of Assisi, St. Francis's sister, she talks about the same kind of thing. She says that we become what we love, and what we love shapes the kind of person that we become. So if we love things, she says, we become a thing. 
We love nothing, and we become nothing. So if that's true, if it's true that we become whatever we love the most, then this question of our own motivations is an all-important question. I think that's why Jesus speaks about it with such urgency, with almost like a life-and-death urgency in his example, because it does decide everything. Father Pedro Rupe's quote ends with this line, fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. This idea of falling in love, we have, I think we all can agree we have these desires for love, right? We desire to love somebody else completely, wholeheartedly, unreservedly, without any hesitations. We have a desire also to be loved completely, wholeheartedly, without any hesitations, without any reservations. We all have that desire, and we keep searching for it, and nothing seems to satisfy that desire, right? So we go to the next thing, the next thing, the next, the next relationship, the next person, whatever it is. We keep searching for that desire, and we always want more because that desire can't quite be filled. It can't quite be satisfied. St. Paul, in the second reading, kind of points to the answer to that, that predicament that we all find ourselves in to root ourselves not on the things of earth, but rather to seek the things of heaven. In fact, not just to not seek the things of earth, but to put to death in our life the things of the earth, to put to death the immorality, the impurity, the greed, whatever it is, and to root ourselves in in heaven, to root ourselves in ultimately the only one who can satisfy that desire of love that we have in our hearts. To root ourselves on the sure foundation, the only sure foundation that goes deeper than all these things and these relationships and these desires that we have. The only security when it comes down to it that we can have. That's the love that we need to root ourselves in. That's the love that in our own lives has to decide everything. And how do we do that? How do we root ourselves in that? How do we, so to speak, fall in love with God so that that love in our lives can be the thing that decides everything? There's two dimensions to that love that, that we need to emphasize. There's a vertical dimension and there's a horizontal dimension. So if we're ever going to fall in love with God, if, if we're ever going to root ourselves in that vertical relationship, then that relationship between us and the Lord has to be something that's real. It has to be something that we believe is actually possible. God we, in our lives has to be someone who we can trust someone who's acted and proven himself in our own lives, that he's someone who's not going to abandon us, who is always working for our good, and who we can ultimately, when it comes down to it, trust that he's going to always come through when he prom- with his promises. I think we can all agree that if we knew someone in our life who was, who was completely trustworthy, who was always there, who was always there for us, and who was always doing what was, what was best for our own good, we'd love that person without any kind of hesitation. We'd all want someone like that in our own lives. But we struggle with that reality when it comes to to our relationship with God. Because there's so many things that just kind of either distort or or block or distract us from that relationship. Whether it's hurts from the past, kind of present enticements, anxieties and worries about the future, whatever it is, these things kind of block us from that relationship and make us kind of put it on the back burner. When it comes down to it, it takes an act of faith. It kind of takes giving God the space to prove himself in our own lives. Think about Peter, who's, who's about to take that step out of the boat onto the water at Jesus' command. He didn't know what was going to happen when he, when he took that first step. 
every normal rational thought would probably tell him, you're about to fall into the water. But he, he gave Jesus the opportunity to prove himself. He gave Jesus the opportunity to act in his own life. And when he took that step, he didn't fall. He was proven, he let Jesus were proven to be who he said he was. And so in our own life, it's giving ourselves the opportunity for God to act. Kind of our own taking that first step out of the boat to give God the chance to prove himself in his life, to be, to be the person that he says he is, the person that we believe that he is. And yet it's not just meant to be this focus of individualistic me and God, one-on-one kind of thing that's important, but that's not the only dimension. There's also the horizontal, the other relationships in our own lives. Because when it comes down to it, left to ourselves, we can talk ourselves into anything, we can talk ourselves out of anything. When we're left to ourselves, our minds can, can do all kinds of things. So it takes these horizontal relationships, it takes a community of people to keep us rooted in what we know to be true, to keep us accountable to what we know to be the truth. That's why God gave us a community. He, he wants us to live in community so that these horizontal relationships can bolster our own relationship with him. There's a saying that says that you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. The environments that we put ourselves in impact the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we believe. And so the horizontal affects that vertical both for the good and for the bad. And so it takes how can we have these horizontal relationships be things that bolster the vertical relationship with the Lord? Because it's when the horizontal and the vertical come together that we have the fullness of love. When the horizontal and the vertical come together. So when it comes down to it, like the gospel says, we're all going to have our time. Our time's going to come and our choice is going to be made. And that choice and our, our own love is going to be revealed by the way that we've acted, by the way that we've lived our lives. So when that time comes, where is our love going to be? Where are our hearts going to be rooted? Because love's not, not a feeling. Love is shown by the action. And so we act in a way that reveals the love. And if we don't have that love, we act in a way that allows our hearts to be purified to receive the love that the Lord desires so badly to give us. It's through the things that we've been talking about these last couple weeks. Through performing these little acts of virtue that may seem insignificant, but slowly build up to, to heroic habits. We do that by having authentic, shameless, honest dialogue with the Lord. Where we pour our hearts out before Him and let Him speak to that reality of where we're at in our own lives at this moment. We do that by taking the time to examine our own day, to see how the Lord has been acting so that we can see what his hand looks like in our life, we can hear what his voice sounds like, so that we can really believe that he is living and acting. Through these things, we show our own love. We purify our own love. And that's important, like Jesus says, because that love, our answer to that question, is really the thing that does decide everything. 